Welcome to Episode 3 of the Swift Teacher Podcast. One lesson at a time towards... Swift World Domination. Today I'm so pleased to be joined by the creators and developers of the iOS app Workflow. Ari Weinstein, Conrad Kramer, and Nick Fry. Workflow is an iOS automation app that allows you to get your tasks done in fewer taps. And that's just a basic overview of the app, but here they are. Hi guys, how you doing? Hey, hey, good, how are you? I'm, I'm living the dream. Uh, can you please tell us about yourselves and how Workflow started? Yeah, uh, <laughs> sorry, we need to figure out a, 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 a way to ad hoc decide who goes first. Nick, do you want to go first? Uh, sure. Um, so I grew up in a small town in Iowa, and uh, and uh, just growing up, decided uh, kind of out of not really knowing what to do. I, I stumbled onto computers and and uh, um, became interested in the web and websites. And over the years, just managed to teach myself how to code here and there. Um, but then as I progressed through high school, um, I heard about this, these events called hackathons. And um, at a particular hackathon called MHACs, the three of us were able to come together uh, with another friend of ours and and build the first version of Workflow. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we all, we all kind of have this similar background of uh, just sort of teaching us, teaching ourselves programming as, uh, as, as kids. And uh, so, so similarly, uh, I growing up was just sort of obsessed with computers and 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 picked some of this stuff up and uh, was just so, sort of always uh, tinkering with um, with apps and, and and websites, especially after the iPhone came out. And all three of us also worked on uh, a lot of jailbreaking stuff back in the day. And so, um, so so a couple years back, uh, I met. Uh, Conrad at a jailbreaking conference out here in San Francisco and then later we started working together on an app called DeskConnect that made it easy to send files and 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 links and stuff between your devices and then uh, like Nick said we, we all got together at a hackathon and came up with this idea that we were even more excited about uh, for, for workflow to sort of try and make something that uh, helped people make their devices more powerful and get more things done uh, on, on iPhones and iPads than you could before. Um, and, uh, and and then, you know, we, we all ended up uh, deciding to focus on workflow full time instead of going to college. Um, and so I, I went to school for, for a year, but, um, but we all ended up moving out to San Francisco and we've been doing that ever since. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I have a similar background as well. Um, I started with hacking uh, mobile devices like my Wii, my PSP, my TiVo, um, but eventually I got an iPod, iPod Touch. iPod Touch. Ugh, I can't listen to myself, so I'm just going to talk. Um, and so I got an iPod Touch and uh, I got involved with jailbreaking. And uh, from there, uh, I built a few jailbreak tweaks. Uh, for the, the jailbreak app store called the Cydia store. Um, and that's, that's how I got introduced to this you know, wider community. Um, and then I met Ari, of course, at JailbreakCon in 2012. 
and also discovered hackathons. Uh, I went to a, a few, actually before we went to the one to build workflow. Um, and, and yeah, and one, one other small note is that we, R and I actually, uh, we, when we were deciding whether or not to go to school, uh, we actually decided to take something called the Teal Fellowship, uh, which really uh, helped, us, uh, helped us make the decision to, to work on workflow full time. Awesome. So that's the Peter Thiel scholarship. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so it's the hackathon. Was that the thing in Michigan I've heard about previously? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's uh, uh, one of the biggest university hackathons, and we went to the third one in Michigan, and and we sort of hacked our brains out for like uh, I don't know, was it thirty six or forty eight hours straight? We didn't sleep much. We were just so excited about the concept of workflow, and we built a fully working version that is surprisingly similar to what people use today, you know, in, but just in a day and a half. And then we ended up actually winning first place at the hackathon, um, which was pretty, pretty, uh, pretty crazy. That's interesting that you all kind of got started on your own. Uh, my my next question is how? So through school classes or computer club, but it kind of sounds like it was a hobby with your own personal devices and at what age did you start coding? Um, well for me I think it was around it was around 12 or 13. Um, my school didn't offer any computer classes at the time. I think nowadays they, they have some semblance of a computer class but um, but yeah it was just discovered really over the internet which was the greatest resource I had. I started out because some friends of mine in second grade were ma uh, want, uh, were really obsessed with Yu-Gi-Oh! and they wanted to make their own playing cards and we sort of started our own little enterprise making these cards and selling them and, uh, and, and, and I, I had a book that was called 101 Things to Do with Your Computer and one of the 101 things was making a website using HTML and, uh, and so, I, so I made a website for for our, our cards, and that that was at age seven. I don't know, HTML is not uh, not the most intense form of programming, but it's a great way to get started. It is, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. About what year was that? That, what year was that? Uh, 2002? Okay. Okay. Conrad, how about you? Um, let's see, I, I got started, uh, with actual programming when I was 14. Uh, my dad knew a programming language called Perl, uh, and he taught that to me, uh, just the very basics, and then I ran with it, um, and, and did some, some, some more interesting things with it, and then eventually, around that time, when I, this is when I was 13 or 14, in 2008, 2009, I also got started with, uh, with iOS. Uh, so I started building, building apps. And that was for the Cydia with your iPod to hack your iPod? Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, so before I worked on jailbreak apps, I worked on an app called Stealth Tone. Stealth Tones. And what it did was it played sounds that adults couldn't hear uh, using like high pitched frequencies. So, uh, like, only kids could hear. It, it was a lot of fun. Not if you're the adult. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or if you're the kid, those sounds do not, <laughs> they're not the most pleasant sounds. <laughs> Well, I guess we all have to start somewhere. Um, my students are amazed that some of the highest selling apps when the App Store first launched were just 
um, flashlight apps that changed the screen color and were done with no coding. <laughs> And I was like, well, people made a, you know, a living at least for a short time doing that thing. Totally, totally. Yeah. Yeah, but so it's actually, um, it's actually interesting. My school didn't have a computer science course at all, uh, which is kind of remarkable because uh, it's like a, well, it was like a pretty decent public school. Um, so, so one thing I, I did when I was leaving high school is I, I helped them set up a CS course. And so now they have APCS the first year of this year, which is pretty awesome. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, so what would be your favorite part of coding or programming? Either or. Um, I think for me, um, probably two things. One is just sort of the feeling of, uh, of approaching and solving problems. It's just a really rewarding and fun thing to do. Um, and the second is making things that that people like or making things that that help people and it's just it's uh, a really cool feeling to to make software and and have other people uh, be able to use and appreciate it i really like the the uh kind of artistic side of things i really appreciate apps and and devices that are well designed so i like being able to work through the problems of you know taking a complicated um problem and trying to figure out how to, to create a UI for that and then polishing the UI to where it's something you look at and you think, oh, that's, that's really pretty. Um, and it's, it's fun to use. So, so have you been working a lot on the workflow UI? Yeah, we, we all work on the workflow UI um, to some extent, but I, I particularly like the website and I'm on more of the design side of things uh, when I can be because I like doing that. Nick is also really good at n not only figuring out how to make the workflow app elegant, you know, in terms of the experience that people have, but also thinking about how to make, you know, the code itself elegant and easy to to understand and 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 figure out, um, which is important when you're when you're working on code that multiple people um, touch, because you know, particularly in uh, if if there's new people coming in or or just people sort of reading over what you've done, or if you're making open source code, it's really it's really uh, very cool to to. Uh, you know, make sure it's it's well put together and understandable. Wow, that's funny that you say that. I think I just had that discussion with my class last Thursday nice. them on how important it is to write nice, expressive code so that when you're working with the team, other people or even future you knows exactly what you're trying to accomplish. Exactly. That's a challenge. I know that uh, Workflow was built in Objective-C. Uh, are you still using Objective-C exclusively, or have you started to transition your code base to Swift at all? <laughs> um, yeah, so it's still uh, primarily Objective-C, but um, you know, we we have a, a couple of months ago we launched a, a new feature that that um, that we're really excited about, which is the the new workflow gallery, and the new workflow gallery is written uh, almost entirely in Swift, um, which is pretty cool. And you know, there, there's a lot of things about Swift. Um, that are really great and it was really fun to work with it and uh, a, a bunch of us on the, on the team are, are, are big fans of Swift. Unfortunately, there's some aspects of Swift that make it... Uh, well, it's still, a, it's still a very young language. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. It's very rapidly developing and, and that, that means that it can be kind of hard to keep up with sometimes. There's some maintenance cost in terms of the as Swift changes, we have to spend effort changing our code base to match it. and 
and then sometimes there will be new versions of Swift that just are unstable or, or won't, you know, they crash while, while trying to compile the project. Um, and so it, 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 can be, it can be difficult to, to uh, uh, adopt it in, right now for, for a pretty wide range of reasons. Um, but there are a lot of people who do it. So, um, you know, th th there's, there's a lot of ways of looking at it. But I, I, I'm of the opinion that, X, uh, that um, Objective-C isn't going anywhere for years. So there yeah. really is no reason for you probably to jump right into it. Yeah, totally. And, you know, the fact is um, they work pretty well together. And, and so th there's, there's no huge downside to, uh, y you know, to, to, to using both. And like you said, Objective-C is going to be around for a long time. Apple has tens of millions, I believe, lines of code um, written in Objective-C, including the majority of, of the iPhone OS and all of the frameworks and apps that are part of it, and, and you know, not to mention the Mac. So, you know, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Yeah. Have any of you uh, had the chance to look at the Swift Playgrounds app or for iPad or the app development with Swift course? I actually got a chance to, to play with the Swift, Swift Playgrounds app. Uh, I made a I made a fun playground uh, the other day that uh, or around WWDC actually <laughs> a long time ago. Uh, Almost a year ago. Yeah, a year ago at this point uh, that set the wallpaper of your iPad. Uh, so it was pretty fun to build. Which, for, for the record, Apple doesn't offer an API to set the wallpaper of your iPad. So in order to figure that out, Conrad sort of took advantage of the fact that Swift Playgrounds let you run any kind of code on your device, even that some that uses private APIs. Um, and so it's sort of a, a cool thing just to be able to experiment with. But yeah, the Swift Playgrounds app is, uh, is, is really cool. Yeah, we, uh, we use it in my classroom. Uh, we have some Sphere robots and my students were using Swift code to control those. They really, they really had a great time with that. Oh, that's I, awesome. Yeah, I, I don't know, did you, probably not, you're not of this age, but um, the, scholarship details were released for WWDC and yeah. for any teacher out there your students they Apple has I think made a significant change to the qualifications to earn a scholarship in that you don't have to create an app anymore so that means you don't have to have a Mac you can with an iPad create oh. a Swift playground so that is the requirement this year they just want you to make a really immersive fun interactive playground that can be fully experienced in three minutes so i think that's a really fantastic move by apple to get more young people from varying backgrounds involved in wwdc this year oh that's such a great point uh i hadn't even realized that uh the implications of that change yeah so if you're a teacher that's out awesome. there li listening be sure to check it out i'll put a link in the show notes um and of course the big thing is they're moving it back to san jose are you guys going to be able to make it down we certainly hope so. You know, we uh, the, the speaking as former WWDC scholarship winners, all, all three of us. Uh, you know, I, we we've we've gotten so much out of of, of WWDC over the years. It's uh, just like really incredible. We've made very important, or you know, just connections with really great people, including myself and Nick meeting each other, which you know led to us being able to work on workflow together. Uh, but also oh, you just. You guys yeah. mad at WWDC? We did, we did. Yeah, we were both we were both on the WWDC scholarship. I would highly recommend it for any students who are who are uh, interested in 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 programming and interested in in iOS. Um, it's it's just a truly invaluable experience, and it's really fun too. 
And this year, uh, they're, they appear to be covering lodging for st the uh, students and, I believe, non-students as well. So if it's uh, your first trip out to San Francisco, it could be a life-changing one. Yes, I. the last two years when I've had the opportunity to go, they've just been some of the best weeks I've ever had. They're, yeah. just, they're amazing. Totally. All right. Uh, so I think I heard from Conrad saying that his first programming language was Perl. So uh, for Ari and Nick, what were your first programming languages? For me, the, the first real programming language I, I, I used was probably PHP. Yeah, and for me it was uh, HTML and CSS were definitely the you know, low, lowest barrier to entry for me. So I started with those and moved on to PHP, <laughs> good old language. All right. Well, so those are all different different style languages. One uh, scripting language, and of course, we could have a discussion as to whether PHP actually is a programming <laughs> language or a scripting language. Yeah. Uh, but that's probably another podcast. Um, what suggestions do you have for teachers who are teaching coding or considering starting to teach coding? Okay. Don't everybody talk at once, because then I can't tell who's saying what. <laughs> you know, I, 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 the way I always try to um, think about like teaching, when I recommend you know friends they want to learn programming like where where to start, I always try to recommend them to start with like projects, like smaller smaller projects, uh, and do like project based learning where um, they can work on like you know getting the weather or something very simple like that, and then. Uh, go from there and basically stuff that they would maybe use uh, stuff that they are excited to build and, and are interested in learning how to do Great in terms of, Oh go for it No go ahead please I don't know I, you know it's just a, it's an interesting question of you know in terms of the actual platform uh, you know what what where should people start uh, you know we're a little biased as iOS developers but you know Apple has put a lot of work into making Swift uh, easy to easy to get started with and and um, there's a lot of really great resources available online so if students are interested in making stuff for iOS I think getting started with with Swift from square one is a really great thing to do especially with the Swift Playgrounds app and, and the courses they, they have in there um, but it's also a great option to get started with uh, you know something like like Python, which is um, just, I don't know, a, a, a very uh, understandable and common language to start with that doesn't require that you have an iPhone or a Mac. Um, and there's a lot of great stuff you can do with Python. We, we write the workflow uh, backend in Python, so it's you know b both easy to learn and uh, usable for, for, for really uh, powerful things. Has any teacher ever talked to you about using Workflow to create a block-based introduction to programming course? Have you we've ever heard, considered that? It's not something we've given a ton of thought to, but we've definitely heard people talk about it. I think, I think you've mentioned it at times, right? I did. I, I, I can't remember. I think I had the discussion with Fraser Spears. Yeah, I was going to say Fraser Spears. Year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, about, about doing that. I, I have a friend, who Doug, who teaches at Punahou Academy in Oahu. Mm. Rough life. Um, as, I, <laughs> as I look at seven inches of snow coming. Uh, <laughs> and 
I, he does the fizz buzz bang. So I built that in workflow just during my lunch duty. I have an hour and a half uh, of lunch duty every day. It's the best hour and a half of my life every day. And uh, I built that in workflow and thought, wow, this could be in some kind of introduction to uh, programming using blocks. That's awesome. Because it's so visual. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, that that's something that we've always thought was really cool about workflow is that it's it's very easy to get started with it's very easy to play with and it's very understandable you can say hey you know what i want my phone to do this and then this and then this and then this and that's programming uh and so it, it is it is a really uh cool way for people to get started and I'd, I'd love to see uh you know teachers using it in 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 various ways that's that's a that's a really cool idea i think they had a discussion on uh accidental tech podcasts the most recent episode where they're John Syracuse, who um, Conrad would be happy that you learned Perl since he's a Perl programmer. Uh, he, he was talking about how people like Federico Vitici really is a programmer because that's what he's doing in workflow. He's creating things, he's creating programs that'll allow his iPad and allow him to do his work. So that's, I, I thought that was really, it was a really interesting point. And that's, that's what, awesome. I, as, we, as we work with the some of these block piece code uh, programming courses, coding courses, and apps like Hopscotch, uh, I think they're very similar to Workflow. And if, if you're a teacher out there and is ambitious and is interested in creating this kind of block-based programming course for your students, please reach out to me. I'll be happy to help out where I can and, and you know, co-author it with you if possible. So let's talk about Workflow because your app, I could not do my work without your app. So I'm so in, in such debt to you guys for the excellent work you've done. So what are the newest and most or most exciting features of Workflow? Yeah, so uh, just a couple weeks ago, we released a pretty major update to Workflow um, that included something we call magic variables. And so just like in, in normal programming, uh, when you're building workflows, sometimes you need to take pieces of information in your workflow and, and save them for later. Um, and it's just sort of a, a necessary thing to build more complex functionality. And in the past, we had this kind of clunky solution, which was, uh, it, you know, say you're building a workflow where you want to uh, take the song you're listening to and then extract the uh, title, album art, artist, and album from it. And, uh, and, and do something with all of that data, um, you would have to set a series of variables manually using uh, set variable actions. And so you ended up having to drag in a lot of actions to, to do stuff that really should be pretty simple. And so we, we sort of rethought this whole thing and uh, built something we call magic variables that lets you uh, just sort of grab the output of another action uh, basically, workflow makes the variables for you, so you don't have to uh, make them explicitly yourself. And so the goal is to save time when you're building workflows, and also make workflows more understandable uh, when you're reading them and when you're building them. Uh, so that that was something that that we put out a couple weeks ago that that um, we've been pretty excited about. Um, and then you know you mentioned we we just uh, published finally a set of comprehensive documentation on workflow. Um, just a couple of days ago, which we spent a, a long time working on, and so it's it good to get it out, and hopefully that will uh, help people who are, you know, trying to learn about the app and figure out what it can do for them. Yeah. So the the, the knowledge the knowledge base is very nice. It's gorgeous. 
Thank you. Uh, I will put a link to it in the show notes. It uh, when I was first learning to use Workflow, this is I I went through Reddit and used examples, but this is will help people get up to speed. I think really quickly. So it was that's the goal. Good, yeah, it's a good job. Yeah, was this, was this your baby? You guessed it. <laughs> Well, it was a team-wide effort, I'd say, for writing the documentation because it just it's a, a lot of articles. Um, but I, yeah, I, I spent some time putting together the the design on the website. Matthew and Nick and, and Ayaka on, on our team worked really hard on this. But but uh, you know, you, you you called out the the design of the web page, which was which was Nick and, and Conrad. Very nice. Looks great. All right. So I'll, you've been on podcasts before. Uh, what podcast can you recommend, or what are your favorite ones? Well, you know, it's it, it's funny. Uh, I used to listen to a ton of podcasts, but once once I started working in tech, it, it, it just rather than being uh, sort of something different to think about at the end of my day. Uh, when I was in school, now it's sort of now now it's sort of like when I have a free moment, I want to think about something totally unrelated. Mm, yeah, me too. But um, uh, I I I love I've I've always loved and, and adored this podcast called Mac OS Ken, uh, where this guy Ken Ray just has like a ten minute update on Apple News every day for like the past ten years, and it's just so well done. Uh, it's, it's always one of my favorites. Uh, and then uh, we, we've been really enjoying listening to, to Canvas, uh, which is a podcast about iOS productivity from Fraser Spears and, and Federico Bittici. Uh And they, they did a series about, about workflow, yeah, uh, that which was, was a, really cool. That was a short little series, right? Like yeah. uh, eight, nine, ten, I don't know, episodes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty, uh, pretty incredible for them to do that. Yeah. Um. I, I tend to listen to more music-oriented podcasts because that's just what I'm into recently. And, and like Ari said, I like to think about something other than work uh, when I can. So I've been listening to um, Song Exploder, which is cool. They interview particular artists and, and go into d detail on how the, the songs they are famous for were written. Um, and also, there's this podcast called <laughs> Washed Up Emo, which goes into figures in the music industry and how they got their start. And I think that's kind of interesting to learn about. Totally tangential, but yeah. But it's good to have that kind of distraction, uh, even more than music, just to give yourself something to think about. I know um, Chris Latner recently said on ATP that he likes to do woodworking to get away from technology. And now they're starting to introduce the CNC machines, which bring computers into woodworking and he's not didn't love that aspect of it <laughs> that's really <laughs> funny yeah all right Conrad, how well, about you? oh yeah i don't uh i don't listen to too many podcasts actually <laughs> um <laughs> i've been meaning to listen to more but uh often i'll just be like reading news articles or stuff like that okay well where can people find you guys uh and your work online well, I think uh, we, we all are pretty into Twitter. Um, so I'm at R-E-X, A-R-I-X. I am at Nick Fry, N-I-C-K-F-R-E-Y. 
And I am at Conradev, C-O-N-R-A-D-E-V, or ConradKramer.com. <laughs> and, uh, and then you can also follow Workflow HQ on Twitter. And your website is workflow.is, correct? Correct. All right. Well, I'd really like to thank you guys for taking the time to talk to me and share a little bit of your history and the way you learn your coding and your, your stories. Uh, I know a lot of teachers and students will probably find those very interesting and inspiring. So thanks a lot, guys. That's awesome. Thanks, thanks so much so for much. having thanks us so on, much. Brian. Thank you. Time to get Swifty.